All right, we're recording. So, it's an honor to come and do this uh, with Bill being out. And I'll say up front, um, just a chance to do this is an answer to the prayer of Jabez. Because we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. But the day that Bill came to me, this is a month or so ago, and said, would you lead the class on March the 10th? It just clears the bell that that's what the Lord was doing. So I share that up front and just give the Lord the honor and glory and credit for anything that's going to be said today. And uh, But what I want to do first is um, let's go to First Chronicles 4.10. If you would turn to that. Everybody there? All right, and I'm going to start actually with 4.9 and just read these verses. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So that's the scripture that this comes from. And um, Bruce Wilkinson wrote this little book about it. Jerry found there a little bit ago, it's copyrighted somewhere around 2000. How many of you have read this book? All right. Um, so this will be a little bit of a refresher. Um, I had this shared with me sort of in a unique way about two months ago. We have a men's prayer group that meets monthly where I work at Meadowood. And there's a young man that comes to that um, who has some developmental issues. His name's Peter Hilgendorf. His dad is a missionary at JARS. He works in the auto shop and keeps all their vehicles there at the center running. Anybody know Don Hilgendorf? Yeah. Anybody know Peter? All right. Jamie, my son just took him out. They ate recently. Do they have a big farm with the chickens and all? They do. Oh. Right on the corner of Neil Road and uh, 200. And he met Jamie at the prayer meeting up there at Meadowood yeah. probably six months ago. Yeah. So um, Peter's a unique young man, but he's challenged um, developmentally. And I, I won't go any further than that. I think he's special. He's God made him just like he is for a reason, but um, he kept telling me a couple of months in a row, I've got something that I want to give to you. And I'm thinking, that's, that's great, you know, anytime. Well, he gave me this book after one of our prayer meetings. And he said, they had these at the center, and I just felt led to give it to you. So I had it for about four or five days, and then I sat down and read it. When I read it, it really had an impact on me. And um, that's my reason for wanting to share it broader today. I think God started something with Peter and giving that book to me. And I've really felt led that the purpose that God has for this little book is to share it. And what I'm realizing this morning is that I think God maybe meant to have a little refresher course for a bunch of folks who maybe went through it 20 years ago, 19 years ago, because it's powerful. It's The book's part of it. But the heart and soul of it is First Chronicles 4, 9 
through those verses that I just read. So um, that's how I ended up with it. And I'm going to talk a little bit later about my journal that Bruce Wilkinson, when, he read, when you read this book, he challenges you to pray that prayer daily and then journal what God does. And I'll touch on some of that. But uh, let's uh, go now, if you will, open your little book there. And on mine, it's page 12, and it says, The Prodigy of Genealogy. Y'all have a little paperback, but are they the same? Yes. Gotcha. Good deal. And we're going to read a little bit. Uh, Someone once said, There's really very little difference between people, but that little differences make a great deal of difference. Jabez doesn't stand astride the Old Testament like a Moses or a David or light up the book of Acts like those early Christians who turned the world upside down. But one thing is sure, the little difference in his life made all the difference. You could think of him as the prodigy of genealogy or maybe the Bible's little big man. You'll find him hiding in the least read section of one of the least read books of the Bible. The first nine chapters of First Chronicles are taken up with the official family tree of the Hebrew tribes, beginning with Adam, proceeding through thousands of years to Israel's return from captivity. Talk about boring. The long list of unfamiliar and difficult names, more than 500 of them, are likely to make even the bravest Bible student turn back. Take chapter 4. The descendants of Judah, Perez, Hezron, and Carmi, and Hur, and Shabal, and that's just the beginning. Ahume, Ishma, Idbash, Hazelapani, Anub. I forgive you if you suddenly consider putting this little book aside and reaching for your TV remote. But stay with me because 44 names into the chapter, a story suddenly breaks out. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested, First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. In the next verse, the roll call for the tribe of Judah picks up as if nothing has happened. Shalab, Shua, Mahir. Something about this man Jabez had caused his historian this the excuse me. Something about the man Jabez had caused the historian to pause in midrome, clear his throat, and switch tactics. Ah, wait a minute, he seems to interject. You just gotta know something about this guy named Jabez. He stands head and shoulders above the rest. What was the secret to the enduring reputation of Jabez? You can search from front to back in your Bible, as I have, and you won't find any more information than we have in these two brief verses. Things started badly for a person no one had ever heard of. He prayed an unusual one-sentence prayer, and things ended extraordinarily well. Clearly, the outcome can be traced to his prayer. Something about Jabez's simple, direct request to God changed his life and left a permanent mark on the history books of Israel. 
again. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. At first glance, the full request may strike you as sincere, sensible, even noble, but not terribly remarkable. Yet just under the surface of each lies a giant paradigm breaker that runs exactly opposite to the way you and I usually think. In the pages to come, I want to show you just how dramatically each of Jabez's requests can release something miraculous in your life. And then it goes into the rest of the book. So um, I wanted to share that little bit by Bruce Wilkinson that sort of intros it, but my, my suggestion would be read this thing, even if it's a review, and focus on that little prayer and recommit to doing a 30-day journal of what God does through that prayer. How many of you have a prayer in the morning that you pray every day? A specific prayer. There you go. There you go. Um, I would say most of... How many of you pray some type of prayer in the morning in your quiet time? There you go. Um, The beauty of this little prayer is God put it there in the middle of His Word. And it has some important pieces to it. And I sort of want to talk through those with you. And um, doing that daily, I believe what it's done for me in the last month is really connects me to God's will in a way that I think about through my day what that prayer was. And then when God does move and he introduces me to a new person, um, when he enlarges my territory, what I can see it. And I, I, I relate it back to that morning prayer. And uh, I think it just makes it tighter with God's will because that's really what the prayer is about. So... Um, some questions. If you start with the, the beginning of that prayer, God bless me indeed. Anyone like to share how that feels to, to ask God to bless you indeed? Somebody raise a hand, I'll come to you. I'll prime the pump just a little bit. I struggle with that. It's hard for me sometimes to ask for God's blessing. I don't feel worthy. Um, why is that? I think there's spiritual warfare going on and that Satan would have you not feel worthy over anything that he could pull a lever on. Um, anyone else have thoughts about that? Is it easy to ask God to bless you? Not bless Cliff Heron or bless someone that's struggling or that's lost, but God bless me indeed. hard for me to ask for something when I see so many others worse off than me and I feel like I've already been given so much I don't need to ask for more that's right and that's not right I know that's not right but, but that that's our human nature I yeah, think yeah. yeah it's like a sense of selfishness or being greedy right makes you, you feel like you're being greedy if you pray to be blessed yourself yeah others I have no idea whether this is working, but just bear with me. Um, yeah, I think it's um, that was that was a challenge for me to the first few days. I, I almost like felt guilty 
that I'm praying this for Larry. But real quickly, God took that away because I began to see things every day that, that I knew, you know, went back to that. Um, When we ask God to bless us, I think, first of all, it, it demonstrates the great faith that we have. And other than that, I don't think it's a selfish thing to ask because I think God knows best for us. He's not going to grant us a blessing that he doesn't think that we need or even deserve. Absolutely. So, I, I, you know, when we ask for a blessing, uh, I wouldn't specify the blessing I'm asking for. I would leave that to God. That's right. And I don't think that's a, a selfish request. Absolutely. Yeah, if we move to the, the next part of the prayer, enlarge my territory, how does, how does that feel? That's where I think we have a problem there because if we ask Him to, to expand our territory, but yet when it comes down to it, are we willing to move? <laughs> and change our territory. So many times what we want to do is have our own little area that we want to, to be involved in. And even though he's asking us to go out beyond that, then we, no, we, we're selfish. We want to just stay where we are. Absolutely. And, and I think these beds are right on Larry shirt tails. These blessings, when we ask for a blessing, then he does. Then we have witness then that we can share that with someone else, how God has blessed us. And then Becomes part of your testimony. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, um, you know, in a secular world or sort of the human side of it to pray to enlarge my territory, you know, you could get real crossed up there if you're not careful. You know, what does that mean? Make me, help me make more money? Give me a better job? Give me more land? I mean, there's all kinds of earthly measurements to enlarging your territory, but... Heaven forbid they give us more children. More children. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But the enlarging your territory, I believe, is enlarging your your ministry, your witness opportunities, your ability to share Jesus with others. Um, and that's a great thing. But you're right, James. Um, what do we do with that? Because he's telling us something. He's showing us things. But we've got to be listening and then be bold to move out. And uh, that, that, that becomes another challenge sometimes. You know, there was a preacher that got up in, in revival uh, services and he preached and I mean, he was talking about mission-minded and going to the mission fields and all this, you know, and I mean, he just really laid it out there. And at the end of the service, he extended the invitation. He looked up and here comes his granddaughter. He, oh, no, I didn't mean send you overseas. <laughs> you know, so that, I think this is what, what happens to us. That's we right. want it to be someone else. That's right. Jerry. Yeah, I, th I think uh, the Bible commands us to, to pray intentionally, and that intentionality would be to pray for ourselves as well, because uh, how are we going to go out and, 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 and speak about God if we don't pray for ourselves to give us the words of wisdom to move forward? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll just give you a quick example. Um, 
years ago, a great friend of mine on a Sunday morning um, had to have a liver transplant and he was um, begging to die. And his wife called me and Rebecca and uh, I came over and I talked to Burt Welch and he read a book to us, he prayed for us um, as an intentional prayer. And, and I, I said things out of the Bible that I didn't know I knew. And, um, and, and it worked and he had a liver transplant and now he's living in great. So had somebody not prayed for me or I had not prayed for myself mm -hmm. to do that, I, I could not have done that. Try to answer prayer. Plus, I've always asked the Lord, uh, please bring somebody, please bring somebody to me. Well, that's so stupid, Rebecca. Who's going to come up to your house, knock on my door, and say, I need a word from the Lord? I really need to ask this first thing. Give me a blessing first, and then, and then help me, whoever I meet, give me the courage. Um, because they're out there, they're people lost, and I'm hanging around you all who know everything. So, um, yes, I, I I need to hear that. Absolutely. Yeah, we had a um, in our men's group about two months ago. We had a guy, Jackie Blythe, who comes and uh, the Lord had really put on his heart. I could tell the Lord was really working on him and. Uh, he said, um, don't get me wrong, guys. This is all good. And then we're at the plantation house at Meadowood. It's the old Herlocker house. It was remodeled. I mean, it is awesome. It's eight, built in 1848. I mean, you just imagine a place for a group of men to sit in front of a fire and have a prayer meeting. I mean, it was off the charts. It's awesome venue. And Jackie said, don't get me wrong, guys. This is good but I'm pretty sure we're all going to heaven. We got to be about reaching people who are not in here tonight. And man, you talk about that one statement, that one challenge hit home with that group of guys a couple of months ago. And um, we, hadn't, we hadn't put it down. God's opening up doors. But man, that's, that's, where it, that's why you want to pray for God to bless you and to enlarge your territory so that you can go outside this Sunday school class and share your testimony and scripture and the gospel with someone who's lost. That's it. That's the Great Commission. That's the bottom line. So um, both of those set you up to, you're asking God, use me in that. Um, the next part of the prayer, your hand be with me. Or, uh, let me read it again there. Somebody read it for me there. What's the third part? She doesn't have my glasses. That your hand. Yeah. That your hand would be with me. That your hand would be with me. Bless me indeed, enlarge my territory. That your hand would be with me. I mean, that's asking the Lord to be a part of anything that you do during that day. So that's critical as well. Um, Keep me from the evil one. Do we need to pray that in the morning? Any any thoughts or comments on how important that is?
asked to enlarge your territory, that you're also going to be, uh, you're going to have more temptation, you're going to have more conflict from evil. Absolutely. Yeah, so when you ask for the Lord to use you, Satan's going to come on you. He's going to double down. And that's, that's real. I mean, it happens. Uh, I'm reading another book right now, part of a mentoring group, and it's uh, by Chip Ingram of Spiritual Warfare. And, uh, man, it's... You don't want to give the devil more credit than he's due, but it's real. Um, he, he's going to fight you. He's defeated. He's already defeated, but he's still that roaring lion on earth seeking to devour. And, um, you know, to, to pray specifically as part of this prayer to keep me from the evil one, that's an important piece of it. Yeah. Um, how about the, the last piece of it, that I may not cause pain or that I not cause pain? I'll, I'll go first here. <laughs> and I think this is why this meant so much to me and that the Lord really gave me confidence to share it. Um, my nature is to fix things. Do it myself, not with God's help. But just as a man, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to work hard enough. Um, and in the process of doing that, I think I've been deceived at times into thinking that uh, hard charging, and as you lead others, as you manage others, leaning hard on others to get results was okay. And boy, I missed it by a mile. Most, I mean, up until just a couple years ago. Um, if I was really honest, I would say that that's how you get results. You know, if you got a young guy working for you and um, he's struggling, you push him harder. Man, that, did I not cause pain today when I pray that? For Larry Snyder, it means that I don't do that. When I feel the pressure to push, take a step back and say, how could I help Daniel in this situation where he's struggling without being, a, being hard on him? How can I love him and encourage him? And um, man, that's been huge. And I just know that I need to pray that every morning. And that's been one of the real blessings of the, the prayer is that, that last one that I may not cause pain. Um, any thoughts about that? Hang on, Larry. Coming to you. To pray uh, not to cause any pain is not to be judgmental. And, Absolutely. And that's, that's something that I struggle with. Uh, and it, it's easy to be judgmental. But I think it's a sin to do that. It's, it's up to God to, to judge people. It's up to us to, to help them and gotcha. point them in the right direction. Absolutely. One way we cause pain is by judging people. Larry, I'll give an example of that over in Venetsville. Uh, we had a family that uh, came to our church one Sunday morning. 
and to visit. And in talking with them, then we found out that they they were destitute. They just came into that area, and this was coming up on Christmas. And that particular year, you, it, the weather was really really cold, and those people were living in a tool shed. They had gone down and purchased a tool shed. No facilities at all to keep it warm or any water or anything like this. Well, anyway, we got involved with them. And what happened then is when we would do things for them, I expected them to respond in such a way that would be appreciated. Well, they didn't. And it was difficult. I, I dealt with those people for probably, we, that, that, the first thing we did is bought them a, a, a camper and put them in a camper to get them off the, uh, off the ground. And then we did other things and the other thing. And it just seemed like that the more that we would do, the harder they were to reach. And I had a hard time with that because I wanted them to respond the way I wanted them to. And I think this is what happens to us. You know, we, we, when we do things, we want people to, okay, follow our lead. And that doesn't happen. And, but, but God has his, has his plan and we have to let him do the, the, the administering to it. So, but anyway, I think this is, this is what he was saying here as far as that, that pain and, and so forth. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, I think the, the keep me from harm that I will not cause pain, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a hand in hand. Uh, one way of looking at it is, Lord, help me not to sin and cause pain to buddy you know what i'm saying exactly. uh, or not i don't want my children disappointed in me so keep me from causing pain by keeping your hand on me and keeping me focused on you absolutely yep other thoughts on praying not to cause pain during the day that sort of wraps up the the prayer um, thank you all for participating that was awesome to sort of hear from different folks what it means to you I think that last sentence though is it though when we say God granted him what he requested amen and That's I think right. this is if we do what we're supposed God's going to grant those things it may be a hard road but I can, we can attest that, that uh, of how God, it, it looks like we're being punished, but that's, that's not the case. If we, we go through what he, that, that is the lead, then, then he, we, we receive the blessing. That's right. And Jabez's name means causes pain. And his mother named him Jabez because of the pain that he caused her during childbirth. So he went around with that name. It wasn't James. It was Jabez. And everybody knew, boy, they tagged him with a good one. But he was faithful and leaned on the Lord with that prayer. All right. So as I went through this, um, I, won't, I won't share a ton of these, but... On the 12th of January was the first morning that I prayed the prayer of Jabez and then journaled. Um, and I met a fellow named Tom Millard to invite to 
our prayer meeting, and he's since become one of our trappers. He's an awesome guy, strong, strong believer, and is part of our effort at Meadowwood now. Um, I had an opportunity with another one of our, our staff, Charlie Rich, to talk with him and encourage him about something that he was going through. Uh, my boss called me and said, hey, there's this guy that had been helping us a little bit, helping him, and he said, I want to plug him into Meadowood and let him help us with some business development. And when the, I shared with him at the end of the conversation that I, I felt like that was God expanding territory, you know, just right out of the blue. We're not a big operation, but anytime your boss says, hey, I got this professional that I want to come in and help you, that fit right in. Um, we had duck hunters that day, and I had the opportunity to pray with them and then about five of our staff before we went into the duck marsh for safety. Um, and then I had another um, neighbor and guy that helps us who was going through something pretty significant at work, and uh, I just got to listen to him for about 20 minutes and just let him get it off of his chest. So that was just, that was the first day. And I, I really believe that it was a result of that prayer. And um, as I went through the month, man, there were, there were opportunities to pray with some, some groups at work. Uh, man, met neighbors. <laughs> I, I, we met a neighbor named Quentin Evans and um, the way we met him, we pull up to the little store at Unity to eat lunch. We go there about every day. It's right there at the fork of Shallow Unity Road and Unity Church Road. And there's a Rhode Island red rooster. Looks like he's trying to get in the store. And Trevor and I, one of the guys I work with, we, we just hemmed him up and caught him right quick. And uh, when I say we, I was a blocker. Trevor did all the catching. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I asked Tammy, I said, whose chicken is this? Whose rooster is this? She says, belongs to Quentin Evans. It jumped in the back of his truck and got out when it got to the store. So we went trying to find where Quentin lived right quick. Went all around. It's about four miles from the store, but he was out on his porch. And uh, we pulled up and said, you missing the chicken? And he was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm missing the chicken. How in the world did you get it? So anyway, we give him his chicken. We talk with him a little bit. He says, that, your truck's got a quail on the side of it. What do y'all do? We told him. He said, I'd like to get a few to raise. So anyway, I met Quentin through a chicken trying to get in the store at Unity. <laughs> and now I have a relationship with him. And I believe the Lord's working to a future opportunity to share the gospel with him. Hadn't happened yet. But we're still connected. I got him some birds. He's raising quail. And I just know the Lord's doing something. So that's a little funny story of expansion of territory. But, I, again, I believe it's real. Um, I've had the opportunity uh, to share this same uh, discussion around this book with 30 guys at First Presbyterian Church. They have a Monday morning prayer group. Um, led a devotion with them. I had an opportunity to do it at, at Meadowwood with a group of Coke employees that are on their rapid response team, and then this morning. So in a couple of months, there's no question, 
God has answered that prayer in every aspect, just about every day, something new's coming out of it. So I'm encouraged by it. Um, I thank Peter for getting me the book and the Lord putting on his heart to give Larry this particular book. And uh, what I did was I just I bought a bunch of these books. They're not very expensive. And each time I've shared, I just give everybody that wants a book a book. If you know someone that you'd like to pass one on to, take it and get it to someone that the Lord might lead you to. But um, that's really what I had to share with you. I'm going to look at my notes, make sure I'm not missing anything. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Any questions? Any closing thoughts? seeds we're trying to plant but we got to understand that God's going to take care of that that's in his hands right. but we might not always see some results that that we might be looking for that's right but uh, that's that's up to God and his timing doesn't match up with our timing a lot of the a lot of times so just knowing that he's doing something he, with Quentin Evans for example I just know the Lord's working through that relationship um, there's a seed planted there, I believe, that in God's timing, His plan may bear fruit. So, um, Let me share one quick thing. I thought you weren't going to say Me having breast cancer was really a blessing because during me going through that, we found out that Jim had Parkinson's. And if I hadn't had breast cancer, we wouldn't have caught that early. And he's on medicine and he's doing good. But if that hadn't happened to me, we wouldn't have picked up on what was going on with him. That's right. So that was that was a blessing. God works through all the little details, but even I beg breast him, cancer. Yeah, I beg him every night. Please help me be more like you, Jesus. That's, help me, go. help me. That's my blessing. Just help me, Lord. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. What our problem is, Larry, is like the little boy. His mama told him to go to bed. He said, but mama, I'm scared to go back there. She said, son, you go on to bed. I know it's dark back there, but Jesus is with you. So he goes up and he gets in the bed. He covers his head up and he said, now Jesus, mama said that you were in here with me, but I'll tell you this, if you move, it'll scare me to death. <laughs> so that's what our problem is. If he moves, we, it scares us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, we're about time to wrap up, I believe. So um, if y'all would, let's let me close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, just an opportunity to dig into your your word. Um, we thank you for Bruce Wilkinson and uh, just writing this little book that elaborates on your word. And God, um, I pray that um, we just consider if it's not this prayer of Jabez, just how important um, that prayer daily that links us to you and to us doing your will, Lord. Um, guide us, uh, help us to reach lost souls. Um, Lord, as um, James says, just uh, help us to move out when you lead us, uh, not to get stuck in neutral, Lord. Um, God, we love you. Do pray for Cliff Heron this morning.
I know there are others on our prayer list as well, but um, God, just lift him up to you. He's a faithful servant, and um, help us to just support him and uh, the rest of the family as uh, he deals with this bone cancer. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you all.